Well, hey, if you have your Bible or if you have the YouVersion Bible app, I really encourage you to go to Luke chapter 18 today. Luke chapter 18. We're going to pick it up where we uh, left it off a couple of weeks ago. Uh, many of you remember, if you were here last week, we had George Bellas in last week. And if, uh, if you heard me at the beginning of our interview there, that was a total surprise to me. We had a big communication error. So this message I actually had planned for last week, but I think it's so cool how God works. Um, we had mentioned that uh, Greg Lubers had passed away this week, and there was just a lot going on. And God made it uh, so that I didn't have to prep a sermon this week, fully devote myself to that. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but it's just good. We just sing about the goodness of God. And I just think about, man, God knew better than any one of us uh, what we needed and, and uh, specifically what my schedule needed as well. So I'm really excited about this message. So Luke chapter 18, uh, turn in your Bibles there. We've been discussing this for a while, the Gospel of Luke. And at this point, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He will die on the cross there, but he's using every opportunity he can to give his disciples and everyone around him as much information about him as well as invite them into a relationship with him. He's using every opportunity that he can. And here in Luke chapter 18, we have a very small parable. It's only eight verses, but I want to read it here to you because I think it's, uh, it's uh, really important that we grasp onto this concept. It's a really important concept in this parable. Luke chapter 18, this is what it says. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said to her, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We're going to talk about this and what this means for our lives today. Before we do that, though, as always, let's just go before God. Let's ask him for his help with that. Pray with me, if you will. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you that we can rely on it, that it's perfect. And God, that we don't have to uh, know how to relate to you on our own, but God, you make a way for us and you show us that way in your word. And we thank you for that. Help us to, as your word says, pray continually, to not lose heart in it. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Have you ever uh, made something harder than it had to be? Uh, I personally have made several things harder than it had to be. Yesterday, I went to three grocery stores, four trips. I forgot my wallet on one. So I walked in the door. I had to go back. And then I finally found what I needed at the third grocery store, and Tammy laughed at me the whole time. But that's okay, and it's just harder than it has to be, right? I know with you, maybe you've done home renovations and things just there's several times I have done things, and I've made a call to my father-in-law, who's a contractor, Tammy's dad, and I said, ah, I don't know how to do this. And he goes, oh, that's because you're doing it wrong. Like, and he's like, well, just do this. And I go, that would be a lot easier. Or you look at a YouTube video, and you're like, how could I? Why didn't I think about that? Several times we like to make things more complicated than they are. And several times when it comes to Scripture, 
we can look at uh, passages like this and we can really get tweaked out. We go, man, it's so complicated. What does this mean? I don't understand this. And for good reason, too. This passage specifically, we can really get derailed on. You see, there's this widow who goes up to this unrighteous judge again and again and again and again. And this unrighteous judge eventually gives in to what she needs. Now, back in that day, women were very disenfranchised. They were uh, had a very difficult time. And so she's a widow. She lost her husband. There's someone against her. She has nowhere else to go except this unrighteous judge. And eventually, the unrighteous judge says, fine, just take whatever you need. Get out of my hair. And Jesus says, and will not God give justice to his elect who uh, seek after him day and night? He's essentially saying, look at this unrighteous judge. Okay, even this, this guy who is not good, he doesn't, uh, Scripture tells us, he doesn't fear God nor respect man. This guy eventually gave justice to this widow. And Jesus, he's using compare and contrast here, and he's saying, hey, listen, God is so much better than this unrighteous judge. He is going to give you justice. Uh, this passage specifically hits home for me. When I was an intern, the pastor who's overseeing my internship said, uh, here's, here's what we're going to do today. Go to Luke chapter 18, uh, and I want you to read the first eight verses. We read it together, and he said, okay, tell me what it's about. What's the point of this parable? And I said, oh, man, I don't know. So I looked at this, and I go, okay, well, you know, there's this unrighteous judge, and Jesus is saying that uh, God is, is just, and so maybe it's about God's justice. And he goes, huh, why don't you go, uh, go work on it and give me, why don't you work on that and you give me a, maybe a light sermon outline or maybe the main point of this passage. You just go take as much time as you need. So I went over to, you know, the church foyer and I'm working on this and, you know, I'm spending like a long time and I'm like, okay, what's going on? No, I'll read this commentary. No, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And okay, well, what if, what if the justice thing has more to do with this? And so I'm doing cross passages and I finally come up and I go, ah, here's this, here's this thing. And I kind of lay it out for him and he goes, why don't you read verse one again? Verse 1, that's not even a parable. What are, you, what are you talking about? I guess I'll read it. And so I read him this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they are always to pray and not lose heart. And he goes, what do you think it's about now? Prayer. <laughs> and it's just sometimes we just make things a little more complicated. Dr. Luke here actually gives us the meaning right here. It's one of the rare passages in Scripture that it's actually explained for us. He gives us what the main point of this is. Luke, more than any other gospel writer, does this. He's a little bit more technical, and so he gives us these things. But it's important that we always look at the context. Because if we don't look at the context of Scripture, oftentimes, man, we can go off and get derailed and miss the entire main point. And the main point of this passage is simple. It's prayer. That we would continually pray, like what this says, that we would pray and not lose heart. So here's the first thing that I think that we need to take away from this passage, is that we pray persistently. We don't just pray before meals or before bed or when there's something crazy happening in life. We, as believers in Jesus, should be praying continuously. And the Bible talks about this over and over and over. Look how First Thessalonians puts it, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians puts it like this. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
Colossians puts it like this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Romans 12.12 said, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. We could go on and on and on and on about this, but we have to pray persistently, which leads us to kind of a question, right? Okay, if we serve an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good, all-benevolent God, um, why do we have to ask Him more than once? Have you ever wondered that? Like, why does Scripture say that we should pray without, without ceasing, that we should pray persistently? What is the point? Like, doesn't God hear you the first time? And shouldn't that be enough? And that can be a little frustrating, right? Especially when you're looking for a specific answer and you just feel like God has not given you that answer. It can be really, really frustrating. Let me put it this way, though. Um, have, has anything really been on your heart and you just talk about it a lot? Um, maybe it's a certain interest that you have. Uh, maybe it's a need. Maybe you feel like work just isn't fair and you're like, I just don't know how to get past this. This is just constantly on your mind. You talk about that with the people around you. Maybe you talk about it with your spouse or a good friend. Maybe you have a roommate. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have other family members and you will talk about this, right? In fact, if you're in a good relationship with someone, you should probably know what's on their heart just based on what they talk about. And what happens when you constantly talk with that other person? Well, that relationship gets built up over time, doesn't it? The same thing happens with our relationship with the Lord. When you constantly go to Him day after day after week after week, month after month, year after year, that relationship gets built up. You don't just talk to someone once and say, man, we have the best relationship ever, right? If I talk to Tammy once out of a whole month, we're not going to have a marriage soon, right? I mean, that's just not going to work. The same thing happens for our relationship with God. We have got to go to Him day after day after week after week. I mean, just consistently and persistently go to Him always. I remember when Tammy and I were first dating, it was a day like today, uh, but it was just, I mean, it just kept coming down. Now the snow has stopped, but I mean, the snow had just piled up and piled up and piled up. And uh, I was living, living with my parents at the time over in the Goshen area. And I went to go see Tammy over her apartment. And it just kept coming down and coming down and coming down. And my parents said, hey, you probably shouldn't go over to see Tammy. And my brother said, hey, you probably shouldn't go over to see Tammy. And the weatherman said, hey, you should probably stay home and not go. And I said, no, I'm going. I want to go. I want to go see my girlfriend at the time. And so I drove over there and I saw her and then I went home and my car got stuck in the snow, right? Why? Because I was dumb and I wanted to go see my girlfriend, but we were in love and we wanted to talk to each other. And I think about, man, if I was willing to do that, how much more willing should I be to carve out time with God every single day? Even if it's inconvenient, even if maybe other things don't get done, even if you're like, man, I, I just I, I don't have time for this, or I don't know what to say, or it's just really not, I'm just not feeling it. What if we just carved out time? Because here's what I know about prayer is that not only does it increase our relationship with God, but it also changes us. Take a look at what Philippians chapter 4 says. It says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 
And look at this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's a good one to memorize. Prayer changes us. It changes our response to things. Don't you know, like, man, if, if you're in prayer all the time, have you ever realized, man, I don't get quite as frustrated all the time. I don't get quite as mad when things don't go my way. Why? God has given you his peace. It doesn't always happen right away either. Sometimes it takes a long time for God to give you his peace. And sometimes we're in a really bad day and we don't want to accept that peace. Sometimes we're happy being upset. But when you go to prayer day after day after day, eventually God gives you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, I've been reading through the Bible this year. I've been doing this uh, plan and I'm going to give you, this is like uh, a shameless plug for these things. Grab one on the way out if you don't have one. Uh, because they're just really good. It's a Bible plan that will take you through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, but I just read through the book of Job. They're doing it chronologically, and that happens before uh, Abraham. And so uh, I just read through that. And it's amazing to me that Job, as he is uh, just, man, at the lowest point of his life, he's lost everything. His family is gone. His health is gone. There's just a few friends that surround him, and they're blaming him for what has happened. It's amazing to me when he cries out to God, God's response is not to tell Job why that happened to him. You know, God comes and he says, hey, Job, look, look at who I am. I am the master of the universe. I have set the planet in its place. I have made the water cycle. I made all these animals and there's a whole cycle with those going on. And there's all of these things that I control. God does not. God does not tell him why. And yet, Job accepts this answer. And I just think about, man, if we were to go to God, that this is like an embodiment of Philippians 4-7, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it actually goes right along with what Jesus says afterwards. Take a look at what he says after this parable. It says, and the Lord said, this is after he explains a parable to them. He says, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? This is that uh, verse I really got stuck on when I was trying to interpret this as an intern. And Jesus says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Now, here's the really interesting part. That Jesus is talking about God's character here, that God is a God of justice. Now he's saying, okay, if you were to go to prayer consistently, just like this widow gave us the example that she went to this unrighteous judge day after day, consistently she went to him. And this is the example that we are to go to God in prayer. And God is way better than this unrighteous judge. Jesus here, he's explaining how much better God is. And he gives them an attribute of God that God is just which makes sense because there is a widow here that needs justice. But it's interesting to me. He says, hey, listen, God is just. He gives them a bit of God's character. Here's how I think that we can go to God in prayer consistently all the time, even if we don't feel like it, is if we really grasp on to God's character. I think that knowing God is really important. If you know God's character, if you know who God is, I think you are so much more likely to go to him in, in prayer. 
I mean, think about this widow, right? She went to the only one who she thought could fix this. There is one who we know that is all-powerful, that is all-loving, that is all-good, and that is God himself. And if we grasp onto that, if we grasp onto how good God is, then I think it's just easy to go to him in prayer. Now, specifically, when it comes to justice, the Bible is full of this. And if we were to study the Bible, we would see all of God's attributes. Let me just read a couple to you specifically on justice. Isaiah 30, 18, this is what Preston read earlier for us. It says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed all those who wait for him. Now, does that not make you want to go to God in prayer or what? Take a look at what Psalm 89.14 says. It says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. When you grasp on to God's character, it makes it so much easier to go to Him in prayer. And specifically, when we think about the example of Job, when we think about that, this uh, one verse really stood out to me as I read. I, I've never noticed this. I've read the book of Job numerous times. But I've never noticed this verse before. It's right at the end when Job responds to God. The last chapter in Job, look at this with me. Job 42.5, it says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Job grasps who God is better because of the hardship that he went through. He learned to know God. He says, I heard of you, but now I see you. It's kind of like when you take a picture on vacation and then you show everybody and you're like, ah, this, the pictures don't do it justice. Like you just, it's just like in person, like the mountain looked way cooler. And this just doesn't give us justice. Like this is what Job is getting at. He's like, hey, listen, I had heard other people talking about you. I had heard of you, but now I experience who you are. And when you experience who God is through prayer, it makes it so much easier to rely on Him. It makes it so much easier to trust Him. And the really interesting part about Job is that God never tells Job the reason that he went through that. He just invites him to trust Him more deeply. And that's what happens when we go to prayer. The things that we think that we really need and we take to God in prayer, I need this, God. Suddenly, he gives us something so much better, so much deeper. And that's what really getting to know God through his word, getting to know God through prayer, that's what that can do for us, is we get to rely on him as he invites us to know him more and more. Let me point out one more thing about this passage for you. It's right at the end, the last verse here in uh, verse 8. It says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, this is really interesting to me because Jesus starts by telling this parable about prayer, and then he moves in to say, okay, this is why, like, this is who God is. And then he brings up something totally different. He brings up something about people having faith when he returns for his second coming. If you remember, just a few weeks ago, we talked about that. This is probably in that same instance. There's probably not too much time has passed uh, between that passage and this passage. And look, he's bringing it up again. Will I find faith on earth? This is interesting. He doesn't ask, will I find people praying on earth? Yes, will I find faith? Even though he just told a parable about 
prayer and being in prayer consistently and persistently. Why? Because prayer uh, is tied to faith. In fact, I don't think that you can have faith without prayer. And I don't think you can pray without faith. I mean, look at this. I think what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, hey, listen, this faith, man, you have to have prayer in order to grow your faith. They're tied together. So the last thing I want you to write down is that your faith is dependent on your prayer life here. I mean, it is. I mean, this. If if uh, your faith is a fire, prayer is the fuel. Prayer are the logs that you're just tossing on this fire to keep it going. It keeps it alive. Again, it's this relationship that we have with the Lord. If we cease talking with Him, we will no longer have that relationship. The Bible talks about this all throughout the New Testament too. This idea of faith and prayer are connected. Take a look at Hebrews chapter eleven. It says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please Him." For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Look at this. Do you see this idea? It's this prayer as we draw near to God through prayer and God rewards that. But that happens with faith. In uh, Mark chapter 11, Jesus answered them and he said, look at this. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Do you get this idea that Jesus is tying together these two things, prayer and faith? You can't have one without the other. Let me ask you a question. How would your life look differently if you constantly went to God in prayer? How would your faith change? I mean, would it change the way that you think about God? Maybe the things that you think that you need would suddenly be changed if you simply said, God, I need help in this aspect. Would you help me? Would you help me here? Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, message, uh, I told you that this one was actually planned for last week. And so as I uh, was preparing this, I said, you know what, I'm really going to carve out some time. I'm going to put this into practice. And so for the last couple of weeks, I've really tried to say, all right, if I'm going to preach about prayer, I need to practice what I'm preaching. I'm going to carve out extra time on top of what I've already been doing to just simply go to God in prayer. One of those things that I had prayed about is the church. You know, uh, you guys have known we've done several renovations and um, uh, it was about a year ago that uh, the leadership team and I, we developed this plan that we prayerfully sought the Lord and said, what do you want uh, for us to do in order to set us up for the years to come? And so we just marked out some different baby steps that we would like to, to take. So I was just praying over these things. And um, uh, during the renovations, it seems like everything was happening. It was just great, right? And then we got done with those. And then it seemed like, okay, where, where are we, how are we moving down this list? What do, we need to, what do we need to do? And so I was just going to God in prayer. And one of those things that was on that list um, was uh, just reaching out to the community. And uh, specifically, there's a large Hispanic community uh, just about uh, five minutes north of us. And uh, I was in the car about six months ago. Uh, sorry, I promise all of these things are coming together. So hold with me. I know there's a lot of details here. But I was in the car about six months ago. You guys, you guys remember when John, Paul, and Karen's car it broke down the parking lot? Sam and Ramsey, you guys were out there helping them. Their battery died. And so I went up to John, Paul, and Karen. I said, hey, is there any way I could help you? 
And John Paul said, yeah, could you take me and Sam? Uh, we're going to go meet uh, my family at, at our sister's house. Could you give us a ride? So I said, absolutely, yeah, sure. Hop in the car. So they hopped in the car, and we were driving. And you guys know, John Paul grew up in Ecuador. He speaks fluent Spanish. We were driving past, and uh, we were only about uh, maybe three, four, five minutes away from the church. And we drove by, and John Paul said, hey, did you know that that's a missionary church? It's a Hispanic, Spanish-speaking missionary church. I said, no, I had, I had no idea there was one this, this close to us. That's, that's crazy. So that week, I emailed the pastor, and I said, hey, I'd, I'd love to grab lunch with you. I'd love to get to know you, see if we can help you at all, if we could team up for anything. And I didn't hear back at all. I mean, it, it just went months. I forgot about it, and nothing happened. And I figured, well, you know, maybe they're just busy. Maybe they don't check their email. Maybe it's an old email. I have no idea. Nothing happened until last week. I was at, and again, this is, man, as we were preparing for this, I was praying about this, and I went to a meeting up in Niles with all the other missionary church pastors in this area. We got together. This happens, you know, a couple times a year. And so this is a normal meeting. I'm used to going to these things. And man, let me tell you, I didn't even want to go to this thing. I had to drop the kids off at preschool, and then I had to run to the meeting. I was late to the meeting. I said, man, do I even want to go? I mean, these things happen all the time, and they just give us updates. Like, it's the classic, like, okay, we're having a meeting, but this could have happened over email. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like this is what these meetings typically are. Don't tell the district superintendent that I told that I told you that, but I don't like going to these things. And I, was, I didn't have a good attitude, so I walked in, and I'm late, and I'm sitting in the back. And then afterwards, Dan Bridges, you guys know him. He works over at the district office. He's been here a few times. He walked, he walked over to me, and he says, hey, this is Yeshua, and he has a question for you. And he took out his phone, and he showed me the email that I sent to the pastor. He said, I'm the new pastor there. You sent this to the old pastor. And he's talking in broken English. He doesn't speak very good English, but I could make out is what he said is he said, hey, I want to get together with you. And I just thought, man, God, you are so cool. Like the week I'm literally praying about this and seeking you over this. I mean, things that you had planned for months and months and months are coming into play. Man, I just think, man, the more we go to God in prayer, the more these things happen. And so Tammy and I were uh, actually having them over tomorrow for dinner, and we're just going to talk about things and how we can help each other out. But man, I think about, man, the more we can go to God in prayer, the more he says, yeah, that's great. I want to invite you into this relationship where you trust me. I want to invite you into this relationship where you're just constantly in prayer with me, where we're constantly talking. And I just think, man, how could that change us? How could that change our church? How could that change ourselves individually? How could that change our families and our kids? If we simply said, you know what? I am going to go to God in prayer day after day, week after week, month after month. So my challenge for you is this as we close. Make some time for prayer, even if it feels like it's super inconvenient. You guys know, like for me, there were some things that didn't get done. You guys saw probably the sign out there. It bothers me so bad that our sign said Christmas Eve service, December 23rd, and it was like the middle of January, and it still said that. It bothered me so bad. But I said, you know what? I'm going to take this seriously, and some things might not get done, and that's okay. And that's all right. But co to God in prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that 
you are a God that is so good that we can go to you. We can go to you in prayer, that we can rely on you, that you invite us to trust you, that man, we may not always know the reason or we might not always get the answer that we want and it might take a lot longer than we would like for it to, but Father, we know that when we go to prayer, when we go to you, when we talk with you, you give us your peace, a peace that doesn't even make sense. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for being a God that gives us that, that cares for us, that makes a way for us to do that. Jesus, thanks for dying on the cross so that we can have access to you, that we can have a free relationship with you. And all we have to do is accept the gift that you've already given to us. Thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness. And help us to respond to you by praying more and more each day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.